And now, Lifestyles Unlimited presents the Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Over the next hour, we unfold your map to financial freedom. You'll learn how to retire through investing in single-family and multifamily real estate. You'll learn how to create cash flow and build wealth so you can have the time and money to live the lifestyle you want. Welcome to the show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're going to tackle a concept that some of you take for granted. I know many of you take this concept for granted, and we're just going to get into the middle of what it is. What am I talking about? I'm talking about the concept of mortgages. Yeah, mortgages. And some of you just cringe. Some of you heard the M word and you cringe because you don't like mortgages. You believe mortgages are bad. You believe mortgages are made from the devil. And, and I'm not here to argue with you. They, they could be bad. They could be made from the devil. I don't think that's true. What a mortgage really is, it's, it's really just a loan. That's all it is. It's a loan that is organized in a particular way to secure real estate. Now, why should you have a mortgage? I mean, why why bring a lender into the equation? Well, there's a lot of reasons why you should bring a lender into the equation when you're buying real estate. And here's why. You may not have all the money. Or if you have all the money, you want to you don't want to take all of your money and put it into one asset. You want to spread that money across multiple assets. Why do you want to do that? Because when you have multiple assets paying you multiple ways, you get to a place of retirement faster. So what about these mortgages? Well, what mortgages do for you is they bring a lender into the equation, and that lender can lend you up to, say, maybe possibly 80%, 80% of the after-repair value of an asset. Therefore, you don't have to come to the table with 80% of the money that's necessary. And here, here's another thing I want you to know. When you learn how to buy real estate the way we do it at Lifestyles Unlimited, where we take advantage of something called a hard money asset, which is really just another type of loan, we're able to keep our cash out of pocket to a minimum. We're able to keep our down payment requirements usually less than 20%, yet we can still negotiate, say, a 75%, possibly an 80% loan on an asset because we know what we're doing. Yeah, because we know what we're doing. So why bring that lender in? Well, let me, let me just give you what I think is the most important reason to bring a lender in. Equities. Yeah, equities. And you're saying, wait a minute, wait a minute, Al. Lenders, I've heard you say it before. Lenders don't participate in equity, right? You are correct. You are correct. Lenders do not participate in the equity gross that you create on the asset. They only participate on loaning you money and making money off of whatever interest rate they negotiated. That's how they make their money. They don't make any money based off the fact that you were able to increase the value of that property significantly over a short period of time, or even over a long period of time. They get no participation in any of that equity growth. That means that 100% of the equity growth goes in your pocket. It all goes in your pocket. The lender does not negotiate for any of that. I think that's a very compelling reason to have a lender on your team. I think it's very important to have that lender on your team because they're giving up all the equity growth in the asset. This is one of the ways that you make money in real estate is with the equity growth in the asset. And if the lender doesn't want any of it, guess who gets all of it? You. Yeah, you. You get it all. Pretty cool stuff, huh? 
So why why would a lender why would a lender want to loan money to somebody like me for real estate? Why would they want to do that? Because lenders are in the business of lending money. That's what they do. They make money off of the interest and the points and associated fees that they charge. And that right there, what I just said, that gives you a bad taste in your mouth because you think lenders charge way too much money for what they give you. Now, we could we could make this the entire show. I, I could make the entire show arguing your point. And you know what? I might actually be in your camp because sometimes I wonder, do, do they really do they really get what? Or I should say, do they really, really bring to the table everything that they bring to the table in exchange for what we give them back? There's an argument there. There is an argument there because we're, we're also talking about something called amortized interest. What's amortized interest? Most mortgages are factored using amortized interest, meaning that interest rate is spread over the life of the loan with the majority of the interest being charged at the beginning, one third of the loan, about it kind of works out to be kind of a 50-50 in the middle one-third of the loan, and the last one-third of the loan, you're paying mostly principal. Very little goes towards the interest. That's the way amortized mortgages work out. So if you're a lender, what you want to do is you want to lend money where you have amortized interest and you want to get those loans paid off maybe in the three to five year mark because that allows you to get most of the money that's paid to you in the form of interest, which is in, well, let's just call it what it is. It's profit for the lender. So should we be upset with the lender making profit off of us? And the short answer is no, we shouldn't be. Because at the end of the day, if we were to try to, to do real estate investing without having the benefits of a lending source assisting us, we would find real estate investing to be that much more difficult. We would also find it to be that much less profitable. We would also see that our rates of return would go dramatically down because we would have to consume more of our own personal money in the asset than if we brought a lender along. So I'm actually okay with the lender making a profit. And part of the reason they need to make a profit is so they stay in business. So how how are mortgage rates set? Most of you know that recently the Fed raised interest rate again, right? You notice that it went up a quarter of a point. Okay. So does that automatically impact on mortgage rates? And the short, short answer is not necessarily, not necessarily. There's, there's a lot of things that factor into how mortgage rates are set. So why don't we just talk about some of those things, shall we? Now, the, f- the first thing, and I think it's the most important thing is the concept of economic factors. I think it's the most significant factor influencing mortgage rates particularly because the Federal Reserve plays a vital role in setting short-term interest rates, such as the Fed's fund rate. That's the federal funds rate that they recently changed. They have a direct hand in changing that rate. Now, this rate, in turn, impacts other interest rates in the economy, including mortgage rates. When the economy is doing well, the Fed may raise interest rates to control inflation. That's what they're trying to do right now. On the other hand, during economic turndowns, which some people would argue we're we're also in right now, (laughs) the Federal Reserve might lower interest rates to stimulate borrowing and spending. Now, what are we seeing in the economy right now? We're seeing the Fed trying to control inflation. They think that inflation is still out of control, although we're seeing all kinds of indicators, economic indicators that would be, 
that indicate maybe maybe it's not out of control. But somebody in the Fed makes a decision, and that decision is made for the entire country. Now, speaking of inflation, let's talk about inflation, because inflation does have an impact on how mortgage rates are set. And just in case you didn't remember, inflation erodes the purchasing power of money over time. Yeah, as inflation goes up, your dollar bill can buy less goods and services. So you need more dollar bills to pay for the same goods and services that you used to pay for with less dollar bills. Yeah, that's what inflation does to you. Now, lenders factor in inflation expectations when they determine their mortgage rates. And if they anticipate higher inflation in the future, they may increase the mortgage rates to compensate for the decrease in the value of money over the lifespan of of the loan. So these inflationary pressures that we're experiencing right now are not benefiting us when it comes to wanting lower interest rates. Because remember, I pointed it out in the very first segment, lenders are in the lending business to make a profit. They make that profit based off the interest that they charge. If that money does not return the amount of money that they perceive that they will need after they factor in inflation, they may increase the mortgage rates. I'm not saying they will, but I'm also not saying they'll decrease them either. All right. Now, just so you're clear on that. What about credit risk? Did you know your credit score and your credit history are crucial elements to de- that determine the interest rate you're going to be offered? Yeah, flat out. Your credit score has a direct impact on what you'll be offered for an interest rate. Just, just, to, give you, just to give you an example. I was looking at bankrate.com before the show, and I looked at what they would offer me a 30-year fixed interest rate loan for. Uh, now, I'm, we'll just call it a investor interest rate. Fair enough. An investor interest rate. So 6.75% was the investor interest rate that was being offered to me through bankrate.com based on my credit score, which is above 800. Now, when I went in and I lowered my credit score to 620, now my credit score is not 620, it's much higher, but it gave me an option to go in and adjust my credit score. So I plugged in 620. I wanted to see what somebody with a 620 credit score would be offered as far as the cost of money. You know what the cost of money was? It was over 8%. It was over 8%. Now, borrowers with high credit scores and a proven track record of responsible financial behavior are considered lower credit risks, and they typically qualify for the lower interest rates. Individuals with lower credit scores may be seen as a higher credit risk and could be offered, and in my case, I was offered a higher interest rate. And the reason the lenders do that is they do it to mitigate potential losses for the lender. Their data suggests that more people with a 620 FICO score will be foreclosed on than people with an 800 FICO score. Does that make sense? I know that makes sense to you. What about what about the loan terms? How do the loan terms affect how the rates are set? Well, the length of the mortgage term plays a role in the interest rate. Generally, the shorter term loans, like a 15-year mortgage, will have a lower interest rate than a 30-year mortgage. Now, why is that? Because if if the mortgages were to pay out over the lifespan of the loan, that 15-year mortgage rate still returns a good profit to the lender, but they're able to offer you less in the interest rate because there's less 
years to stretch that loan across. A 15-year loan is amortized for 15 years, not 30 years, but for 15 years. So when you look at the difference in the amortization schedules, you, you notice that there's a difference in the pricing. And as a result of that, you tend to get a better interest rate if you go with the shorter term loan. That's just the way the industry does it. And what about the type of loan? You know, the different types of loans that are out there have varying interest rates. Okay, let me, let me give you a couple of examples. The interest rates that I've been talking about on the show so far, these are all conventional interest rates. In other words, I can go out and I can get an investor-oriented loan. And I, I was offered seven and, what was it, seven and a quarter percent. Now, as I look down the list of different banks that are offering me different rates, that rate is, is adjusting a little bit. It's actually going down a little bit for some banks, and it's going up a little bit for other banks. So it's, it's floating around a little bit. But there's a different type of loan that I will take advantage of that has nothing to do with my long-term conventional loan. It is a hard money loan. That hard money loan is going to be for a shorter term period. Usually it's a, it's a two-year period loan, and it's probably going to be interest only, and the interest rate to be charged on that loan is probably going to be from like 10, 14%. Now, why would I take out a loan like that? That's going to cost me a lot more in interest because I'm using that loan for a very, very specific purpose. I'm using that loan specifically to acquire and do some, if not all of the repair costs on the asset. And when I get the asset all fixed up and ready to go, and I find a great person to lease that asset from me, I have now stabilized that asset. And at that point, I can put my long-term conventional financing on the property. As such, I'm not in that hard money loan for very long. I'm in it for maybe two, three, possibly four months, six months as a worst case scenario. So it's, a, it's an in it and out of it type of loan. And I'm willing to pay more for that type of convenience. We come back from the break. Let's find out who sets these rates. Stick around. Got questions? Call Lifestyles Unlimited at 855-497-4335. The Real Estate Investor Radio Show continues next. So when I say be ready, number one, to get ready, you better join up Lifestyles Unlimited and learn all these things we're talking about. You're out there piddling and, you know, internet information and your buddy's information or your dad's information. It's not going to get you the results that we're talking about. You're going to have to be educated in what we're doing learn from the people that are already where you want to be join us for the free online workshop at lifestylesunlimitedworkshop.com creating the lifestyle you've always wanted you're hearing lifestyles unlimited's real estate investor radio show Welcome back to the second half of the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show. My name is Al Gordon, and as always, I'm working on your financial freedom. And on today's show, we're, we're kind of unwrapping mortgages. That's exactly what we're doing. We're unwrapping mortgages. Now, there's, there's, little, there's a little pun on words there because mortgages can technically wrap around your property. Ha, 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 ha. Dad joke. Sorry. I'll pull it back. But here's the point I want to make. Mortgages are actually your friend. Mortgages are something that you need to have in your arsenal of tools that you need to use when necessary to assist you with acquiring real estate to put into your portfolio so that you can get to a place of retirement in the next five years. So we're, we're breaking down mortgages. And on this segment of the show, what I want to do is I want to talk about the who, the who. 
No, not the band. Not the, okay. I I like the band, but that's not my point. I'm talking about who sets mortgage rates. Don't you want to know? I mean, this is something that I have always tried to figure out. Who, who, or what, what entity sets mortgage rates? Now, periodically on this show, you'll hear me accusing the Mortgage Bankers Association as the entity that sets mortgage rates. And you want to know that God's honest truth is? Eh, It may or may not be true. It may or may not be true. So have I been lying to you? Well, actually, I've not been lying to you. I've not been lying to you. What, what I've been doing is I've been choosing to use a term, Mortgage Bankers Association, to, to be the face of what really sets mortgage rates. Because it's not one individual. It's not one entity. It's a collection of different sources that have an impact on setting your mortgage rates. You didn't know that, did you? And I just find it easier to tell you it's the Mortgage Bankers Association rather than, than to explain to you what I'm about ready to explain to you now. So buckle up because this might hurt. This might hurt. Okay, so we've already talked about the Fed, right? We've talked about the Federal Reserve. And while they don't have a direct role in setting mortgage rates, they do play a significant role in influencing mortgage rates. Yeah, influencing those mortgage rates because the Fed sets the federal funds rate which is the interest rate at which banks lend money to each other overnight. And changes in the federal funds rate can impact short-term interest rates in the economy, which in turn can influence, you got it, mortgage rates. Yeah, that can happen. What, what else can in, impact these mortgage rates? How about the different financial markets out there? Did, did you know the financial markets impact what your mortgage rates are going to be? You didn't know that, did you? Well, check it out. Mortgage rates are influenced by the supply and demand dynamics in the financial markets. Investors buy and sell mortgage-backed securities, which are bundles of mortgages sold as, get this, investments. There are investors out there that invest in your mortgage. Yes, yes. That's how Freddie and Fannie do business. Who are Freddie and Fannie? Well, those are the quasi-government public private organizations that buy all the mortgages off the primary market, and then they sell them in the secondary market to investors. And these mortgage-backed securities offerings are affected by factors such as economic conditions, investor sentiment, and global financial trends. So yeah, the financial markets can have an impact on the amount of money you pay for your mortgage. What about banks? What about lenders? Can they have an impact? Well, certainly they can. They actually set their own mortgage rates based on various factors, including the cost of funds, their operational expenses, and their risk assessment of potential borrowers, i.e. your credit score, right? Lenders compete with each other. They do. It is a highly competitive market out there. So the rates that they offer may vary based on their business strategies and their target markets. That's part of the reason I can go to bank bankrate.com, and I can get a wide variety of different mortgage rates. It's because those lenders are competing. They're looking at whatever profile they have on me, and then based on that profile they have on me, they're making me an offer. It's up to me to take the offer or not. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. What else affects your mortgage rates? Your characteristics. Yeah, your characteristics. You. You. Did you know your mortgage rates can be influenced by your specific 
creditworthiness and your financial situation, you're going to be offered a different rate of a mortgage based on your credit score, your credit history, the loan amount you're asking for, the loan to value ratios, and the loan term. All of these things will affect the interest rate that you're being offered. Yeah, so your credit worthiness is important. If, and I'm just going to stop right here because this I got to go on a, on, a, on a side tangent. Those of you that are struggling with bad credit, those of you are, that are struggling with mediocre credit, what am I talking about? If your credit score is below 620, heck, if your credit score is below 680, you need to do some things to get your credit back up above the 700 mark. I will tell you this, lenders, it used to be lenders gave you the best rate if you had a 720 credit score. I just spoke with a lender this last weekend, and he told me that the mortgage industry, remember this is the big industry, right? The mortgage industry is now starting to change pricing for people that have between 720 and 780 credit scores. Therefore, if you had a 740 credit score, you won't get the best rates offered in the market anymore. You're going to have to get your credit score up to 780 or above. That's what the industry is doing. Yes. So take that, put it in your cap, and do the appropriate thing. Now, what about government policies? Oh, I'm going back on topic, by the way. What about, what about government policies? Do you think the government, with its policies and its programs, can directly influence mortgage rates? Yes. Short answer is yes. For example, certain government initiatives might offer incentives or support to certain types of mortgage loans leading to variations in interest rates for those particular loans. What, what, what kind of loan might I be talking about? What about first-time homeowner buyer programs? Something you probably don't qualify for, but some people in the United States may qualify for that. Those are very specific programs that are designed to help people get into their first home as an owner-occupant. Lenders traditionally, traditionally have paid typically higher than owner-occupant mortgage rates due to the differences in risks and financial considerations associated with making investor-oriented loans for investor-owned properties. So, so what, are these, what are these things? What, what are these additional risks that cause us to pay a little bit more? Well, what I've noticed is that we have a tendency to pay a half of a point to maybe three-quarters of a point more in our interest rate for investor oriented loans. And it all boils down to a lot of factors. So the the first thing that they look at is they look at your risk of default. Statistically, investors are more likely to default on their mortgages compared to owner-occupant mortgage holders. I think the concept is if things go terribly wrong with my investment property, if I operate it incorrectly and I and I'm I'm trying to do things that cannot be done and I'm losing money in the asset because I'm not doing it correctly or I just flat out bought the wrong asset, chances are I might just be willing to mail the keys to the mortgage company and say I'm out. I just don't want to deal with it anymore. A lot of that happened back in the 2008 real estate meltdown that affected this country versus an owner-occupant who, if they go, that's it, I'm out, where do they go? Because they're living in the asset that they just sent the keys back on. So what about financial stability? What about your financial stability? Did you know owner-occupants typically have more stable income sources, such as regular employment, uh, which lenders view as less risky? The majority of my income comes from real estate 
investments. Lenders might look at how I make my money as risky. What about regulatory concerns? Now, lenders often face more stringent regulations. They're regulated strongly by the United States government. And when lending to investors, especially if the property is not intended for the investor's primary residence, they may charge additional money because there are additional compliance measures that can increase the cost for lenders, which have to be passed on to the investor through higher costs or higher interest rates. Now, does this affect us often? Chances are with what we do, with the type of investing that we do, no, it doesn't necessarily affect us. But could it affect us? It could. And this is one of those areas that if it goes into effect, it will have a bigger implication for the investor than the owner-occupant. Now, there's some, some other things that could affect us as far as being charged a higher rate. Things like our loan size, things like the size of our portfolio, things like market demand. I mean, all of these things can have an impact, but I'm not going to get into those things right here because as you're noticing, the things that I'm offering up to you, they become diminishing as far as the level of importance. When they pull your credit, they look for things like, have you failed to make payment on loans? Have you been foreclosed on? Again, I'm going to go right back to the statement I made earlier in the show that your credit rating is the number one most important thing that you need to take away from the show. Because your credit rating is one of the most important factors your lender uses to determine your credit worthiness. If we're going to be successful investors, if we're going to do things correctly, we're going to put leverage on our assets. Because we're going to put leverage on our assets, we're going to take out investor loans. Because they are investor loans, they are going to be priced a little bit more than a loan that we could get if we were going to buy the house to live in. It is a cost of doing business. It is an expense of you owning and operating your property. You can have an impact on your cost of money by improving your credit score. At Lifestyles Unlimited, we actually have vendors that do specifically that just by doing certain things. And, and you know, here's the thing. Most people think that if they're going to improve their credit score, they think that it's, it's like a six-month to a year-long situation. And that's not true. You can do things to correct your credit rating in as little as a month. Now, I think most credit restoration people are going to tell you it's going to take a couple of months to get you to where you need to be but they can get you to that place that you need to be. And at the end of the day, it all involves you taking a more concerted effort on how you're spending your money and what you're spending your money on and what credit cards you're using. Yeah, if you're using credit cards for all of your purchases, maybe you ought to consider not doing that because what that's doing is that's showing that you're having a higher debt-to-income ratio Whereas if you just use a debit card to pay for things that you're paying for with a credit card, that alone right there might increase your credit score many points. Yeah, just just a little takeaway take tip that I learned from one of those credit restoration guys that was actually on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show with, I think it was, it was either Andy or Mike. I'm not sure which one. But at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Look, we need mortgages to do what we do to get ourselves retired in the next five years. If you want to do what I'm doing, you want to do what the 50,000 members of Lifestyles Unlimited are doing, go to lifestylesunlimited.com, sign up for a free workshop, and let's get you going. 
Thank you for listening to Lifestyles Unlimited's Real Estate Investor Radio Show. Ready for more of the map? Visit LifestylesUnlimited.com. Explore our videos and articles. Click on the radio tab to access past show podcasts. View the radio show schedule and listen to our best of radio shows. Want to continue the conversation? Follow Lifestyles Unlimited on Facebook today. We want to meet you as well. Sign up for a free workshop at lifestylesunlimited.com. Until next time, remember, it's not the money, it's the lifestyle. The information and opinions you hear on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show are those of the hosts, guests, and callers and do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this station, its affiliates, its management, or advertisers. The Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show is for entertainment purposes only. Please consult a professional regarding your personal investment needs. Nothing presented on the Lifestyles Unlimited Real Estate Investor Radio Show constitutes an endorsement, recommendation, offer, or solicitation to buy or sell any product or security.